What's up, peeps, freaks, and geeks? Welcome back to this very special edition of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by the Roar Network at thegorillaposition.com, presented by Hameen Media and in association with LastWordOnProWrestling.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day, but join me in welcoming in our special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, he stands in at 215 pounds. Coming to us from Lake Ulaid in Northern Ireland, you may know him from his appearances in Progress Wrestling, ICW Defiant, or as current reigning North Wrestling Champion. He is Pro Wrestling's last true sick boy, Mr. Rory Coyle. Mr. Coyle, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I realize now I've got like more and more titles emerging at the start of my name. So my intros take a lot longer. Yeah, I, I have a, a, this this knack for laying out these long, elaborate intros. Uh, so, Rory, before we jump into some current events, your training and such, the first question that we ask all of our guests on the show, when did you first discover your love of professional wrestling and who was on top? Who were you following? Just to provide our listeners with a little bit of context. Um, so I think. Uh, oh man, I don't know. I'm going to seem like real old now. Um, I think when I started watching it. Um, my very early memories are, are when my dad took me to see uh, what would have been like a World of Sport tour at the time. So I obviously I'm from, from Ireland, or like the UK and Ireland. So I remember being in like a super smoky, um, kind of like bingo hall, watching two big guys just well wrestle. I use the term lightly, and I was just captivated. I was just like, wow, this is unbelievable and then obviously as I grew older um, so I remember that like being like super young I was probably like five or six when I saw that um, and there was something about it that I was like well that's what I want to watch and then obviously as I grew up I used to watch um, WWF and uh, a lot of stuff like sticks out in my mind it's like we used to do like tape share because one of our friends had Sky and so we would record the pay-per-views and the Raws on like a VHS, ironically. And then uh, it would get passed through. Um, so for me, it was like early stuff like, um, I didn't know why, but I was always like captivated by Jake Roberts. And now when I'm older, I can know why. But like as a kid, I was always like absolutely mesmerized by Jake the Snake. Um, and guys like, when Foley, absolutely mesmerized by Foley. But when I was younger, Jake the Snake, the Undertaker, uh, and weirdly IRS. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Um, and I, I still, yeah, I, I really have those. Uh, I still have those like Hasbro's um, <laughs> when I was a kid. But there was something about Jake Roberts. Um, I, I remember dude with like uh, with like Rick Rude and stuff, and I'd watch like old tapes of it, and I just like there was just something about the guy that I was drawn to. Um, and as I got older, like I would lean towards the guys like Stone Cold and like um, um, Foley, uh, and then I like start 
like how they got to where they were. So then I, I think it's weird. Like when you're when you're a kid, you're kind of innocent when you're watching wrestling, and you're drawn to stuff, but you don't know why. You can't put your finger on it. And then as you get older, you figure out like, all right, this is why, this is why I was captivated by the storyline. Or because I remember the the Undertaker versus Undertaker. <laughs> and I was, oh, like, I re- I was I there too, that man. Tape over and over again until like wore out. You betcha. And I was like, how did I, I don't understand what's going on. And when they went missing, and they had like, uh, did they have those like Leslie Nielsen, um, like expose things where they're trying to figure out with Undertaker. So yeah, like a lot of those guys, um, like DiBiase, and kind of like that era um, was kind of like when I really like property football. My earliest memory was like in that really smoky. It was like a, it's now like an amusement place where like a load of like one arm bandits and stuff. Um, <laughs> but there with my dad, and my dad hated it because um, he was like, "Yeah, it all looked so fake and stuff." But that that was it. That was like the day I kind of like fell on love with the rest. Very cool. It's I hope inter- that answers the question. <laughs> it's, it, well, no, it's interesting yeah. because you, all those guys that you named off, the one thing that they have in common was always their delivery on the microphone. They were all very, very soft-spoken. You had to listen to them intently. And I see that come through in your promos as well. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I think like like the Jake Roberts thing was like, I I don't know the it's just like the guy was just fascinating to me and I think that's what it was it was like he didn't need to shout and he didn't need to like make a big song and dance but you would sit up and you would listen um, and he had charismatic kind of like a charismatic cult leader feel about him where it's like he's you, he's meant to be the bad guy but you know like you can see like that little smile and you're like oh man maybe maybe this guy's not the bad guy and he makes you second guess it and then obviously now when I go back and I watch it I watch it with with kind of like a like a more like in the business eyes and I can see what he was doing and why he was doing it but it was just like and I still think like like they see that stuff in my work um because like those guys in me are just like they're the best they're the greatest of all time because they, they didn't talk me into a building or they talked me into a pay-per-view they didn't need to put their boots on and I was in like they had me yeah so I got on like I kind of I try and do uh, it makes total sense. Hopefully there's a smidgen of it. (laughs) In doing my research for today's interview, Mr. Coyle, of course, there's a couple of themes that tend to arise throughout your story. And one that seems to be almost as important as wrestling is a love of horror movies and really just cinema in general. What's the first horror movie that you remember seeing? And what other kind of movies are you into outside of the genre? Um, So... It's a weird one again. It's like I remember. Um, I think I said it in a promo uh, for. It might have been for Defiant, where I talk about. Um, it's called a Donald's Video Shop, um, and that's real. Like that's a real place in my childhood, and I remember being like fascinated by the horror section of the video. Absolutely petrified by it at the same time. So, my earliest thing that I remember is a cover for um, the movie House. Oh yeah. Um, which I was just like absolutely obsessed by. And then I saw the cover for Fright Night, which still to this day petrifies me. And I've got like one in my garage. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> but for me, it was like the first, um, I remember watching loads of horror when I was a kid, but like not really paying too much attention to it. Or it was like this dirty thing that I shouldn't be watching. And then when I saw the first Halloween, um, that was when I kind of went, wow, like not only 
to me, Halloween's like my favorite horror movie. But like, but this is like, this is like a proper movie as well. And um, just like the way they did, even just the shots and like the the talking about Mike Myers, meet Mike Myers and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. So I became off the back of that. I became like a big Carpenter fan. Um, and then and I slash for stuff. But then outside of um, horror, like. Like we joke, uh, like um, my partner, uh, Bass Bahan, used to always just call me movie boy because if I'm not wrestling or doing videos, I'm generally in the cinema. Like, I find that like super weird. Um, <laughs> so I'll just kind of watch anything. Like I, I love Christopher Nolan. I love all the Christopher Nolan stuff because he's like, I think in terms of story, like what he does with like a blockbuster is unbelievable because he's making these hybrid films, but they're packaged as popcorn movies um but yeah, yeah like i at first kind of like i don't know like jaded i feel like that old man that you know goes in back in my day you know you get it wrestling as well people are like oh, back in my day you know well the genre has completely um, changed comes, i don't really like modern horror doesn't really do it for me yeah it become it's a it's like quite quite bang and it's like no nuance to it anymore but there's a couple of ones that like have recently come out where, uh, like, it follows and and hereditary were like were really good to me. I was like, it brought me back to being a kid and being like, oh, I'm really petrified here. Um, and then um, uh, from Jordan Peele, the Us. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it. That just looks like that looks unbelievable. So, but I'll watch anything. It's weird. Like, I'll I'll literally watch anything at all, anything and everything. So, um. Um, I'm normally I'll go to cinema like two or three times a week, um, or I'll watch like loads of movie DVD and Blu-ray and stuff like that. So and VHS. I got I did a podcast last night and the guy gave me like three VHS tapes. So now I got to go watch them. Fantastic. For some of our fans who haven't seen your work, uh, you've taken those two passions and you've kind of crossed them into the development of your on-screen persona. And of course, we've seen the horror and wrestling thing cross over before with different acts, but you really put your own spin on it. Uh, how did you come up with the idea for the last true sick boy persona? Um, so it kind of started like really weird. I was I was almost... Uh, and um, like a lot of my stuff was... Um, was very like derivative kind of like Irish gypsy fighter style. And I watched a lot of that's what it comes from. It's like, I watched a lot of the Irish fighting community. They would send each other videotapes. Um, and I watched this documentary called knuckle, which was about this literally record like a promo calling out a guy for a bare knuckle fight. And then that guy would record over that promo and send it back. And then they would pass these tapes. When I look back now, that's kind of like the first seed that got planted for it. Um, but it was very much like I was i was more along the lines of just like a stereotypical Irish guy. Um, and then everyone, you hear a lot of people say it, where they say that, you know, the characters are generally like their own person cranked up to, or they're just amplified. Um, so when I was forming the tag team and stuff, I obviously wanted to, to have someone that was, what was on the UK scene at the minute. So we purposely, we had videos made before we were even announced as being a tag team. Um, so all the Lake Ulate stuff and, and all those were already in the can and we all, we had a lot of footage. And then we kind of, um, I ran it past a ramp. 
um, who's like who's responsible for training me, and he was like, yeah, and it's weird because that like horror is his thing, so he's like, yeah, he's like, I think you should pull the trigger. And it's, it's kind of like that, and I just watched. Um, and for me, it was just bringing in, like, there's something to me. There's something scary about of a tape, like someone going to the effort of physically recording a tape and sending it to you, because that's how much they want. That's how much they hate you. Um, and it goes back to that, like being in the back of that video shop when I was a kid, where I was like, that's the thing I wanted to capture. These weird tapes, where you open and clicking you get your information you have to put it in the video player you have to put it on the right station um so it was all kind of mixing that and the sick boy thing came about through a weird one night we were uh, scheduled to wrestle cck um and lycos got injured before the event and then and then the event uh chris brooks got injured so we had to just think on the fly um and when we hit the ring they just started and um, so then when my tag partner left, um, I wanted to kind of rebrand myself as being like a little bit like, like kind of like this, like the last of his kind. So that's where the last two sick boy came from. But the, uh, the videotape thing then just kind of developed because I was doing the videos and, uh, and, uh, it was, someone said to me, um, there's a promoter over here. used to be a wrestler called Alex Shane. Um, he pointed out to me, he's like, you're, you're a fictional guy living in the real world. Um, and he's like, in in modern wrestling, he's like that that can't that can't really be done. Uh, um, so I was like, but I'm not. I'm just I'm just me. And he's like, yeah, well, you got to tell people that. So then that's where Roy Coyle kind of just became. And this is not to scare anyone. <laughs> just became like me. Just like this guy who is obsessed with who is obsessed with movies. Who wants to make like horror movies horror snuff movies who wants to do it in a wrestling ring um, and then that's where it clicked it was literally we were, in, we were having a coffee and he just said that and then I just responded away not just a guy that's obsessed with horror movies I'm a character from a horror movie I'm a guy that's making them and he went yeah that's it and I was like oh why is it taking me <laughs> so it just kind of came it's like a weird thing and like I watched a lot of Charles like weirdly I watched a lot of Charles Manson um, and those guys that could like fuck idea that could you know coerce like a crowd to follow them um and then like I just a lot of horror movies a lot of rob zombie inspired me uh, um of kind of editing and the language he uses in his movies so just stuff like that and then just mixed in with my own obviously being irish mixed in with that I talk the way i talk it when I, if i'm in ireland i'll talk exactly the same way in a promo and i think some people in defiant have noticed that they're like oh i see yeah a lot that's that's how I talk. I'm not putting on an accent. It's really me. So our our mutual friend uh, Joe Atherton is the one that kind of introduced us. And what he did is he sent me just one of your promos, and I watched it, and I was just like, there is a a creepy level of authenticity to what this guy is doing. Like he is completely bought into this. And so that's when I reached out to you on Twitter and how this whole thing kind of came together. But I think that's one of the things that's really missing inside of pro wrestling at this point is everybody's looking to be this crazy outlandish kind of character when really what we need is authenticity. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's weird because I think I'm on a lot of shows. Um, I am quite often the weirdest character there like i'm the weirdest guy and i know that's my place kind of on those shows or in 
like I am the weird guy, like I'm the guy that's not going to do a standard wrestling match. Um, but that is just me being authentic. Like I'll per, I, I, I'll ropes because <laughs> when I hit the ropes, I'll just try and punch you in the face. Uh, <laughs> and like people say, like, oh, you've really been working on like you really been working on your in ring ups. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just reacting. Like that's how I talk. Um, so it was. Like, I think for me, it was. I could never say anything on a video that I didn't. Didn't think. So there is a level of. Um, I suppose like people in the know would call it shit, but there always is that level of like what I'm saying is I generally believe it because if I'm a, like I always think the best bad guys in the world are totally you can justify their actions because you can you can believe what. Um, so that to me was like something that I always wanted to do, and I don't I don't try and like you're not going to see me try and do a moonsault off the top rope because I'm I'm a, I'm a big guy like I'm not. I, I mean, with enough practice, maybe I could do it and not kill myself, but <laughs> I, I just wouldn't do it because it's not, it's not a, it's not something I would ever think of doing in real life, so I would never do it. Um, and I think that's something like Rampage. I got a lot of that from Rampage where he was like, he was like, you're, you're, you're just being yourself. And when you're yourself, he could see it because he's got like this unbelievable eye for stuff. He's like, I can see when you're relaxed and you're being yourself. He's like, that's what you need and that's he's like that's what you need to see in your in ring stuff and in your promos and stuff like that. So like a lot of that's starting to like him just coaching me. He's just like I think he, he's, for me he's one of the best wrestlers in Europe, um, if not like the best heavyweight wrestler in Europe. And uh, I owe like a lot of that to him, just like nitpicking my stuff. And he's still today, which like um, he doesn't have to do, which is crazy. Like so after a defiant show, he'll sit me down and be like, "This was good, but this here really needs." fixing or you need to look at this and stuff like that so him and Screwface Ahmed who's like I think like one of the everyone goes like everyone's underrated or they're underutilized he is just like criminally underutilized on there and now he's on the WWE UK a little bit so I think he's finally getting where he needs to be but yeah it's just being me uh, which I always feel weird saying because people are like so you're a psychopath I'm like yeah well yeah <laughs> I'm a little bit angry but I think I think everybody's a little bit psychopath. <laughs> it's just some of us embrace it more than others. Yeah, you just got to yeah, enjoy it. Like it's being an so why would you avoid it? Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Makes you sound crazy. <laughs> to go back in time a little bit, as far back as I could find, you made your professional debut in 2016 for Chikara. Tell us a little bit about that experience <laughs> and and tell our listeners about Chikara because it's a name that pops up on the show all the time. And it's this underground phenom that I can't even explain what it is. Yeah, it was um, it was crazy what happened. So we were um, we were contacted by North Wrestling, which has kind of become own promotion, and we were scheduled to appear on their first ever show. So Shikara were doing a UK tour, um, and I had kind of gotten into like training and kind of looking at different types of wrestling. Shikara kept popping up over and over again, and there was a lot of guys in the UK had kind of would always sing the praises or they'd done stuff for them. So guys like Martin Kirby was, would always mention like uh, my, my work. Um, so I got this random message from uh, the promoter North saying, um, we're going to do the first ever North match on a Shikara pre-show. Uh, well, that's like, they're like a, they're like a company, like they're like a proper company. So um, 
I was absolutely terrified. I was like, all right, cool. Well, we may as well. <laughs> we may as well. We're banging anyway, bang. Um, so we got there. Yeah, we were on the pre-show and um, we got to witness like uh, uh, like pre-show speech, which I can only describe as being like similar to the Paul Heyman speech that is shown in Beyond the Mat. Ah, that's a good comparison. Um, but like this is like a small little, it's a nice venue. Yeah, like super nice venue in, um, in I think it was in South Shields, um, where, where a couple of like community center, and Quackenbush sits everyone down and starts going through, like saying, you know, people have traveled to see us, page of them, an array of characters, and he's like, you only ask yourself, is this the show where you waste that last roll of tape? And like, I got the answer for you, this is that show because he's and I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. So midway through the speech, the promoter of North <laughs> walks in the door behind him and interrupts my quagmire flow. <laughs> so then he apologizes, and the promoter of North is like one of the nicest guys I've met in wrestling. Andrew Bowers is super nice, and he's he is a massive fan of uh, Mike Quackenbush and Shakara, like an unbelievable fan. Um, so he's like, oh, "I'm really sorry." So he sits down. So Quackenbush talking again. He stops and goes, I'm really sorry, guys, but do you mind not sitting behind me? Because it's freaking me out. So then he double interrupts my Quackenbush. Um, but no, because on that show, Travis Banks was there. Um, and he, uh, a couple of people watched, watched our match, which was which was super nice. They were on the pre-show and they had no need to watch it. And at that stage, I was nervous about asking people. Um, and I kept the curtain and came in and he was like, oh, I watched a match. Um, you know, these are a couple of things I noticed, but, you know, I really like these things and stuff. And then fast forward years and I'm in the ballroom for progress on the pre-show again and Travis Banks is there and he was all, oh, by the way, you know, I noticed this here is quite cool and this is good. Um, but then before, in between, we were both at a North show and I got a chance to actually pull like you, you probably don't remember me. He's like, yeah, I remember you from the Chicago show. He's like, you've done quite well. And I was like, oh, this is quite nice. So, but it was, oh, I was, we shouldn't have been there. The thing where like, I shouldn't have been there. <laughs> I shouldn't have been on the Chicago awesome show, but uh, it was unbelievable. Like, <laughs> so it was cool. Well, and then as you were saying, in, in March of 2018, you worked the progress show chapter 65. And then in April, you made your way to ICW insane championship wrestling to do a tag match with boss boss. Um, tell us a little bit about ICW and the, the formation of the tag team. How long have you guys known each other? How'd you meet? Um, we met just both being trainees of Rampage Brown. Um, so the unfortunate thing was we were scheduled to appear on ICW, um, I think in December of the previous year. And I broke my eye socket. Um, like I broke my orbital, mm-hmm. like a full cave-in. So we, we had to push the debut back to April 1st. I think we pushed it back to. Um, and it was weird for me. Like the, I had been the ballroom as a fan um as a fan of wrestling before just before i started training um and i'd watched ramp in on that show and gone like oh man that guy was pretty good and then the next week he opened up a training school in the northeast england and i went oh you know what i'm gonna go, go along to that 
him to end up there and him to pull me to one side and go, just don't embarrass me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the ballroom, I was um, but then with ICW, um, we'd obviously formed as a tag team from the get-go. Um, we'd always set out to be a tag a tag team. Two mutual interests and kind of like we both wanted to make like the same thing in wrestling. We wanted to make the same type of impact. And then unfortunately after the second ICW day, it um, quit wrestling um, just for some reasons. Um, so I actually had to go to the Barlands with a um, different tag partner. Which, at the time, was I thought this is it, this is the end or whatever. But it's probably, uh, it's in, in terms of my career, that happened because um, I went to ACW as a fan as well. So I was there, and I know how big the Barlands is, and it's like one of their big shows, and it's like a, in Glasgow. And I was like, wow, this is like a big deal. So on the morning of the show, I thought, wow, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be on the show, and credit. Uh, Mark Dallas was like, even if we bring you up here and we give you a mic, he's like, you're not missing out in the Barlands because we've asked you to do the Barlands. So it was cool because one of my trainers that night. Um, so it was me and Chris Ahmed in uh, the tag match, um, and it was awesome. It was like it's like it's still one of my favorite nights uh, in wrestling because I I got to work ICW and I got to work the Barlands, um, and that's a place where they like characters style of wrestling it's like that early kind of like that ECW feel that like just on the cross with Attitude Era feel where it was all characters it was all, all crazy um, so yeah it was it was pretty cool yeah sadly Bass Band quit um, and then I kind of that's where I started like the rebranding process of becoming like the last that's where it came out of a promo where I just had to address the issue that I was now a singles wrestler and I was going to ECW um, maybe I we didn't know so very cool well let's move on to a, a bit more current events uh and let's talk a bit about defiant uh mr coyle you, you seem to have gotten yourself involved into this issue that has gotten incredibly personal i guess i guess we'll start with primate aka general manager jay melrose at least at the time uh, following his unsuccessful challenge against Rampage, Gabriel Kidd hit Melrose in the mouth, who earlier had been forced to retire after having his jaw shattered. Now, Melrose puts you into the match with Kidd. Is, is that kind of the, the way this whole thing came together, going into Refuse to Lose? So we... Oh, get Refuse to Lose? Are we talking about that? Or whereabouts are we? I'm trying to think. <laughs> Well, I mean, I just just to get a little just to get a little bit of the backstory leading up to kind of what's going on now up in North with you and Primate. Yeah, so um, it's just a weird coincidence <laughs> thing. So with the Defiant, um, well, not a lot of people know is I appeared on the first ever Def. I appeared on the first. Ever um, so I was there. Uh, at Built to Destroy in 2016. Um, and I was never on TV. So uh, when I first came in Defiant, um, as everyone thinks, I first came in Defiant. It was brought um, to help our primate because at the time he was still on the shelf um, and he, with a legitimate broken jaw where he's got some metal screws in there. Um, right. But on the first ever walk culture taping, I turned up and I helped uh, Primate. 
um, in post-match. So I, I, um, so everyone thinks we're best friends, but that was never the plan. The plan was to always come back. And if Jay Melrose ever decided to get back in the ring, then my plan was to put him out of the ring. So going into uh, the match in Manchester on uh, February 9th, it's um, me, me and Gabriel Kidd against Jay Melrose, a primate, um, and Joe Hendry. So I think I, I did the video, um, which addresses it. But the weird thing for me was in every video I've done in Defiant, I've clearly said that it was never about Gabriel Kidd or Jay Melrose. It was always about primate. And it was always about what happened at the yard, but uh, nobody picked up on it because they believe what they want to, or they think they're the smartest fans in the world, but they're not really the smartest fans. Because if they were, they would have just paused the video and clearly saw footage of me from the first ever walk culture tape. So it's a weird coincidence that it's happened at North as well. Jay's made this unbelievable comeback because he was on the shelf and they told him they never wrestle again. The champ there, we've both been there since day one. And now he's coming to North to come for your championship. Yeah. I, it's like, a. am sorry. I built the company while you're off on the sick J. Uh, uh, <laughs> and it's weird. I've, I've come into North as one thing. I came in as this horrible guy. And now the, the strange thing for Jay is that the other side is like, it's kind of like my, it's my home place. Um, and the North championships, obviously I'm the first ever champ. Um, so the the next show NCF fifteen, um, I think it's probably going to be. I said something on the last show. Where I was like, if you want to and come back to wrestling after having a piece of metal put in your face, which we both have done, then uh, then you got to be tough. So I really someone, uh, but I plan on being the North champion forever. So we'll see what happens. Finally, Mr. Coyle, I wanted to ask you about a big match that you have coming up on January 31st. It's going to be at TNT Extreme Wrestling, DOA, and it's up against Mr. Jimmy Havoc. But this is not an ordinary match. Uh, Rory, what exactly is a home appliances death match? Um, you tell me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, are you gonna yes, electrocute uh, the dude with a toaster? Is that legal in the match? I'd um, I'd uh, I don't, I don't really know what I, I, I don't really know what is a home. What's class? Is a home and what isn't? Um, it's a weird one where um, I've been at TNT for a while now, and then I found out they were doing a uh, death match tournament. Open my mouth, I'll. I'll wait and see what happens. And then, sure enough, I got the call saying, do you want to come to a deathmatch tournament? I said, yeah. Uh, um, and, preference, and I was like, well, people keep asking for it. And uh, a lot of people said it at Defiant. They were like, if I had been in what culture at the start, what would have happened to hardcore division for me? Um, and uh, Jimmy's a guy who I absolutely, I absolutely love his stuff. Like, I think he's, I think he's, he's brain. Uh, so, uh, they said, who do you want? And I was like, I want Jimmy Havoc. Um, <laughs> if we're going to be dumb, I mean, it'll be tough. Um, so, then uh, I kind of asked, like, do we know what the stipulation is? And he said, oh, we don't know. Um, it might be a Lego death match. And I was like, well, don't know if that suits me. Uh, they said it's a home appliances match. So, I think VHS players are legal in that. 
Oh, there um, you go. I think videotapes are certain. Unfortunately, I still think microwaves and uh, washing machines and fridges are legal. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's it's something I'm looking forward to. Like, I know the event's like nearly sold out. There's about 17 tickets left. Um, and T- Liverpool's like a really... Like, they, they're mad into the wrestling. So, and to be in there with Jimmy... Yeah, I can't wait. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the past, Jimmy. Like the tournament's got the craziest collection of guys in the UK. So you got guys like like Mikey Whiplash. You got like Hit Drake's way. Um, you got like Clint Margera. You got Drew Parker. Like it's just it's a who's who of maniacs. It's the weirdest. It's like an asylum. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it's the first time a deathmatch tournament's been done in the UK, um, or it might be one of the only ones that's been done. And uh, home appliances match. <laughs> well, we're just going to wait and see what me and Jimmy can find in the in the garage. <laughs> oh boy, this is going to be fascinating. I, I can't wait to see video out of this match. Rory, thank you very much for joining us today. <laughs> Why don't you uh, tell people how to find you on social media so they can keep up with your wrestling journey as well as your movies. Yeah, so it's uh, Rory Wrestler is my handle on, on everything. Rory Wrestler, R-O-R-Y Wrestler. Um, same on Instagram, same on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rory Wrestler. Uh, you kind of guy. Um, and then a lot of my stuff's available. Um, like a lot of people ask about my theme tune and stuff. It's custom. That's available which is RoryWrestler.com. Um, yeah, and that's generally where like most, like all my stuff can be found. Um, when is this going out? This will be out on Friday. Like, when does this air? Friday. Right, so, if you're a WrestleCrate subscriber, maybe look carefully in your bottom as well. Because there's a little something in there. It's a tease so, for you, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. So that's like an exclusive. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, some I got some weird stuff coming up. Um, so I'm obviously going to keep making movies, but I'm going to try and do stuff like a little bit bigger over the next six months. Give me like a good platform for that. So yeah, if everyone just give me yeah, give me a follow. And um, if people have any cool movies they want me to watch, like these or let me know what you're watching and stuff as well because it's quite cool. I think that's the thing where people have started like really interact with me. They're like, oh man, and this guy really does like horror movies so yeah that's awesome very cool and coffee horror movies and coffee <laughs> very cool well, rory thank you very much we'll uh we'll keep up with you and hopefully we'll do this again soon yeah thank you very much for having me man cheers